630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Robbie Fabry one-on-one with Andre Secker. Takes him out wide left side, but Secker played it beautifully, angled Fabry off the block. And now the Oilers have the odd man rush coming the other way to win it in overtime. Secker in over the line, moves it. McDavid to the middle, wrist shot, score! Ryan Nugent Hopkins wins the game off a feed from McDavid. Your final score, Edmonton 3, St. Louis 2 in overtime. The Oilers rally for the two points in St. Louis. They're 2-0 against the Blues this season. Nugent Hopkins, the winner. Pitlick and Maroon also tallied for the Oilers, who are now 17-12-5 on the season, including 9-5-4 on the road. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 9-0-9, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. You can reach us, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Tough news tonight for the Oilers as well. Tyler Pitlick injured in the second period, and we'll get uh, the Todd McClellan interview as soon as possible, but I believe he has said that uh, it doesn't look good for uh, Pitlick. But first, uh, Rob, take us through the the winning goal. Turned into a, a pretty clean-cut three-on-two, which you don't see a lot of in current style of overtime. And it all started in their own zone. Good defensive play by Andre Sekra. He, it's a one-on-one with Robbie Fabry. He, first of all, strips him of the puck. Their bodies come together. Fabry goes down, and Sekra right away just jumps into the play. He, he knows that he's got uh, he's got the jump on Fabry. Fabry actually changes, which gives them a little extra time. And what Sekra does is so good. He comes with speed. He's got two guys ahead of him, but he comes with speed, gets the puck to the best player on the ice, McDavid, and then drives through the middle. When he drives, that takes one defenseman with him, one defenseman stays with McDavid, and that opens a passing lane for McDavid to Nugent Hopkins, who has all the time in the world to pick where he wants to put the puck. So uh, a great three-on-two, perfectly played out, and an important second point for the Edmonton Oilers, who deserved the second point in this game. I thought they were the better team between the two of them. So Nugent Hopkins, sixth of the season, is the overtime winner. i got to nominate Secker as our fourth star of the game. Permissioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Maybe the fourth star of the month. <laughs> the way he's, he's been playing, he logs 24 minutes tonight and continues to, well, I mean, contribute at both ends of the ice, but you notice the, the points, obviously, are piling up, too. He, he's been excellent. He's been everything that they had hoped for when they signed him. Last year, he, he had, a, he had a, t- a tough year, just adapting to the to being the big man on campus. This year, he hasn't. He's been excellent. To me, although, I'm going to give four star to Patrick Maroon. He had a goal. He was plus two tonight, had four hits. He, very good for the St. Louis boy to get a big goal, and a very important goal, in front of his wife and child in St. Louis. He was my four star. So if you like close hockey games, then the Oilers are the team for you lately. Six of their last nine games have been tied after 60 minutes all nine of those games have been tied or a one goal difference after two periods so either the Oilers were up a goal or down a goal they're now five two and three in the month of December and point wise it's a three-way tie 
in the Pacific Division. San Jose, Anaheim, and Edmonton all have 39 points. The Oilers do get placed third because of the tiebreaker, but nonetheless, they're right in the mix with a couple of big games coming up here before Christmas. Well, they're, they're just playing smarter. You know, the, the, when they, they fall behind, they don't start cheating to try to get back into the game. They don't go individual. They stay to the game plan. And because they're getting good goaltending, smart play, they know that they're usually they're one shot away at any time during a hockey game, and they've got enough guys on this team given the opportunity. They're going to put the puck in the net. This is a much smarter ga- team. We we heard uh, Kevin Shattenkirk before the game when he said, "What have you? What do you see with this team?" He said, "They're they're well coached. This is a much different team. They don't play pond hockey anymore." And I think what he's saying is this team is now a real NHL hockey team and a team that's a contender to to be a playoff team. You mentioned goaltending Cam Talbot. Rough first period finishes with 25 saves, including. 11 in the third period. The Oilers uh, had a couple of shaky moments in the final five or six minutes tonight. But again, I mean, we can talk about the goals that went in, or you know, the the quality of them, if you want to use that term. We can we can debate that all night. At the end of the day, only two went in. Yeah. No, I mean, the first goal was not a good goal, and Talbot would want that one back. Second goal, I don't blame him. I mean, he he caught an edge and he fell, so it wasn't as though he. He misplayed. He just he fell, and that happens. And after that, he was he was good. He was very very good. There were some great opportunities late in the game. Uh, David Prong had a, a, a huge slap shot. He walked into Talbot was able to get out, get get his shoulder in the way, keep the rebound out of the way. Talbot has given them a chance to to win in 95 percent of the games that they've played this year. And they took advantage of it tonight. Top t- uh, stopped Tarasenko in tight in overtime as, as well. So Talbot uh, stood in there. Oilers take it 3-2 in OT. Fun game to watch. 780-496-0063. We have Nick on the line who's also going to finish the play with us. But first, Nick, what do you think of the game, man? Well, I, I, I thought, honestly, after the first 10 minutes, I was ready to, to think, oh, like, classic Oilers. Uh, same old start. Uh, like, that, that was a bad goal by, by Talbot and I'm glad he shook it off and was able to finish off the game for us because, honestly, we need him most. And uh, Also, I thought, too, the way Maroon stepped up, especially seeing his son on TV, how excited he was and in front of his wife and son, I thought that was great. And uh, Also, I, I hope that uh, by Nuge getting that game-winning goal, I hope it propels him into really getting back to where he was for the next few games here because we need him more than ever, especially since Pitlick went down. I, I really... I hope it isn't serious, but if he had to be carried off the ice like that, I I, I don't know how how that looks. So, yeah, well, we'll we'll bring you the full Todd McClellan interview right away, Nick. But uh, I just seeing on Twitter, McClellan said doesn't look good. I believe someone said he has a uh, a large uh, walking type cast on. So, yeah, that's tough news for Pitlick, who has been contributing this season. Nick, you ready to try to finish the play? Sure, sounds good. You can qualify for the grand prize draw, $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Still 2-2. Here's Drysaddle centering in the Blues. Unable to jam it out of there. Reeves put it clear. Maroon's got it. Open ice. Okay, there's some pressure by the Oilers. Where was that, Rob? I wrote down that chance. Uh, With about 8.40 left, Maroon, the puck in the corner does he shoot or pass nick does he shoot or pass uh from the corner he uh from the corner looking out front does he shoot or pass to a wide open leon dry saddle 
I'm going to say he passes it then. Still 2-2. Here's Settle Centering and the Blues unable to jam it out of there. Reeves put it clear. Maroon's got it. Open ice. Centers one time and a save made by Carter Hutton. How did he get across to deny Leon Settle? Great play. Uh, great play all around. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to say it's not as if the Blues made a huge mistake. Good offensive play by the Oilers. Good goaltending. It was just a good play. Uh, a, good pa- a good pass by Maroon. Great wood on it by dry saddle, but a better save by Hutton. So, yeah, sometimes you do everything right, and it still doesn't result in a goal, and that was one of them right there. Now, Nugent Hopkins got to play with Maroon and dry saddle when Pitlick went out. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. And we know we're going to get asked about it, so we'll just jump right into it. Does this mean Nugent Hopkins and dry saddle uh, stay on a line with, with Pitlick out? Is that how they start the next game? I mean, I've said all along this year that I don't know if the Oilers have enough goal-scoring wingers to have three centermen. I like it better when the three of them are condensed into two lines. I, I don't know what, what they're going to do if they, if all of a sudden Kajula becomes your third-line center, but I don't know if that's a strong enough line. We Kajula's, he's, he's slowed down a little bit. You know, he's a college kid that hasn't played this many games in a row, and he, he's not looking as strong as he had earlier in the year. Is he able to anchor a line? If all of a sudden you bring Latestu up, make him your third line. And it more or less has been lately. He's getting third line minutes, then is your fourth line. Is that what you want on your fourth line? Do you bring an Anton Lander up? You say, all right, you know what? We have a little bit of time. We want to put you up here so that we can put Nugent Hopkins up and give us two scoring lines. The thing is, Leon Dreisaitl has shown over the last 10 to 15 games, he doesn't need... Nugent Hopkins to be on his line to be successful. Connor McDavid has proven doesn't matter who plays with him, he can be successful. So if you're going to put Nugent Hopkins up there, you're doing it because you need Nugent Hopkins or want Nugent Hopkins going. But I don't know if the Oilers have that third line center right now without Nugent Hopkins centering it. Nuge, the winner in OT. Oilers beat the Blues 3-2. couple people asking on the text line. And yes, the Oilers are the first team in the Western Conference to hit 100 goals for on the season. They've allowed 92. They are plus 8, which is uh, the third best goal differential in the conference, tied with the Sharks behind only Minnesota and Chicago. Minnesota's plus 29, by the way. They're good. they got a good team. You know what's funny? You just said the Oilers are third at plus 8. It in, shows, the West. in the West. In the West, in yeah. conference. But it shows you, and that's, what, 15 teams? shows you how close the conference is. I mean, if you're third in the conference and you're only eight goals better than you are minus over 36 or whatever games they've played, it shows you there's a lot of tight games. There, there, There's a couple weak teams. The Arizona Coyotes are weak, yet they beat the Oilers a few you. times. <laughs> Colorado is struggling. Other than that, I mean... There, there is no easy game. This is, it's very balanced. There's no superstar teams out there anymore. Every team is, is capable of being beaten, and every team is capable of winning games. So it's why it's so important to stay in the game, to squeak out points. And that's what the others have been doing with consistency of late. Well, and like I said, they're 5-2-3 and three for the month. And, uh, and, I mean, they lost three games in overtime. Well, one in a shootout. Yeah. And they had that five games in seven games. So that week, you're like, oh, they're not winning. And now you see it pulled apart a little bit. And it's like, oh, five, two, and three. It's like, well, okay, they're getting points in the bank. And we've talked about it. Sometimes you get disappointed at the end of the night. And we get a lot of phone calls when the Oilers lose in a shootout. But the Oilers, over the 60 or 65 minutes, could have played very well. And all of a sudden, you lose that extra point in a shootout. And you feel bad about it. But they're getting points. 
and you just playoff teams find ways to get points whether it's in a shootout loss, overtime loss, that means over the course of the 65 minutes, they at least played even with the team they're playing against. That is huge if the Oilers want to be a playoff team because they continue, as you said, in the stretch. They're finding ways to get that loser point, as they call it. But those points continue to add up and allow you to be a playoff-caliber team come April. Hey, I want to tell you that for every Oilers goal, Booster Juice donates $25 to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. So 75 bucks tonight, and you can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630TED.com. 3-2 Oilers over the Blues in overtime. Nugent Hopkins got the winner, 255 into the extra frame. 780-496-0063. Here's Rocket on the phone. Hey, guys, how you doing? Doing well. I just want to do... Uh to talk about Nuge and how uh you know how relieved he must be right now to to have uh you know finally finally buried a goal and he had a couple of chances earlier in the game too where I'm sure he was probably shaking his head when he got back to the bench but it kind of reminds me and I hope this is the same situation is do you remember a couple of years ago Claude Giroux hadn't scored in like I don't know how many games oh, and then he came to Edmonton teams, I think yeah he came to Edmonton and and finally got off the night and that was like uh ever ever since that game he he just went on a tear so i'm i'm hoping that uh that that happens for ryan as well cuz uh you know he sure works hard that guy well the the oilers certainly need him going uh, the oilers don't have enough pure goal scorers in their lineup to have players dry up on them guys that they expected offense out of out of you know jordan everly and, and Nugent hopkins haven't been producing at the numbers that the oilers had hoped for and there's been a lot of pressure on other guys, like a Pitlick or a Letestu, guys of that ilk, whose goals have become that much more important. If Nugent Hopkins or Eberle, or for that matter, a Benoit Pouliot, starts scoring with the consistency that they're expected to, all of a sudden this team looks, oh, this is a pretty good hockey club. Now they can get scoring from all four lines. So hopefully this will be a, a catalyst for Nugent Hopkins to get back to where he wants to go and where the Oilers need him to go. And it, I tell you, as, as an offensive player, when something big and something good like this happens, you feel good about yourself. Your confidence slowly gets back into your game, and you've seen what Nugent Hopkins to do when he, when he is confident. Rocket, thanks for calling. Scott says on the text line, how was that not a slash on McDavid on his partial breakaway? And Craig says, hey, guys, the NHL officiating has been horrible this year. Not just what happened on the McDavid breakaway tonight, but all throughout the league. Well, you and I were kind of giggling as it happened. We're like, oh, there's a penalty shot. And then all of a sudden, oh, there's not even a penalty. Oh, they're coming back the other way. Wow, that was a big turn of event. Um, we've seen penalty shots called for less. Uh, McDavid's on a breakaway. There were two whacks, and they, they weren't huge, two hands. But the second slash by Peter Angelo caused McDavid to lose control of the puck. So a slash forced a non-shot on a breakaway, which to me impeded his, his chance. That's an automatic penalty shot. So uh, would they call that in the middle of the ice? Probably not. But when it, it stops the one of the top players in the league to even get a shot on a breakaway, yeah, I thought it was a penalty shot. 3-2 Oilers win in overtime. We will turn on the Japanese Village goal light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com whenever the Oilers hit five or more in a game. Three locations for Japanese Village in Edmonton, downtown south side and north side, and you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. By the way, we have for the third time this season, we had a first goal of the game contest winner. 
Yeah, we, we thought... Name. I put the name in the garbage. We thought it was a good call when, when they said Pidlick. We thought that was going to be a good call. He was playing with a very good hockey player in Drysaddle who's been hot of late. Dennis took Pitlick. And Dennis is going to... I mean, good on Dennis. That's uh, smart going outside the box. It's unfortunate that after Pitlick scores his eighth goal of the season, he leaves the, the game injured because... Uh, he has been a revelation for the Oilers this year, and it makes you sick to your stomach to think he might be out long-term again. Texter says, with Pitlick down, would they call someone up, or is Beck going to draw back in? You know, I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they put Puglia-Yarby back in against I mean, Arizona. I think, to me, it's an automatic. It's Puglia-Yarby's going back in. Now, if they need to call somebody up, or, I mean, you could, put, you could bump Beck back down, is it time to give Anton Lander a little shot again in his specialized role? It depends. I mean, this is where the coaches have to decide what they want. If they want Nugent Hopkins in a top six role, playing with either McDavid and or 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 Drysital, well, then yeah, I think you call Lander up, make him your fourth line center. We saw that he was very effective on the penalty kill when he was up here, and he wins faceoffs. He wins them from the left side. Uh, Beck, uh, I know that he's had a ton of success this year in the minors. We didn't see a whole lot of him in the game. Uh, I think that the pace up in the National Hockey League is a little quicker for him than the minors. To me, it, uh, it's automatic. Pugliarvi goes in. And they also, I mean, there's a possibility maybe he goes with McDavid. I mean, Pitlick was there. They need a new right winger. Maybe it's Pugliarvi gets that chance against Arizona and he gets uh, his opportunity to, to prove that he can be a mainstay in this lineup for, for a while now. Okay, let's go back to St. Louis here. The Oilers take it 3-2 in overtime. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. It hasn't been too kind to the Oilers over there. It was a real good comeback on our behalf. Um, a little bit flat to start, but made a few adjustments between periods. The players uh, adjusted their approach a little bit more. I thought we got harder, more physical, held on to pucks a lot longer, made them play in their end. And um, as a result, we didn't have to defend as much and uh, paid off. We had to use all whatever it was, 62, 63 minutes, but that's how it is in the league now. When, when you win games like this, does it become like a self-perpetuating thing that the next time you're in this situation, you're, you're going to deal with it? Well, I think every event takes it on its own its own life, um, but to do it in this building where obviously we've had uh, a tough time over the years and, uh, you know, the way we did, again, using size and strength and thought when Leon got together with Nuge and Patty Maroon, they really held on to pucks down low and made it hard for their team and, um, those are all real good signs for us. Um, you know, Tyler Pitlick, before he got hurt, was a, a catalyst, scoring a goal and and creating some some physicality and energy. Um, you know, so with his injury, we'll miss him because he's uh, he's been a big piece. Is he out for a bit? I think he will be. Um, he's got to be reevaluated, but uh, right now it doesn't look too good. What did you think of uh, that line and uh, Patrick Maroon homecoming for him and uh, just scoring his first goal against the you know, team he grew up watching and uh, that storyline, that's part of the bigger story? Well, it's, there's a lot of stories in here. Chris Russell coming back and, um, you know, just our team coming into the building. But uh, a real unique one is Patty Maroon. Uh, I know his little guy was was at the game today. He wants to be around the team and he's going to spend some time with his dad in, in Edmonton over the Christmas break. So um, nice for Patty to get the goal and... I'm sure the little one was jumping up and down like he should be.
Well, he was. They showed him on TV a few times. Good game for Maroon. Nice deflection. Davidson and Drysaddle got the assists on that one. That tied at 547 into the third, and then Nugent Hopkins won it in overtime. Tell you what, we'll bring you a full scoreboard update after the 930 news, including telling you about a game that didn't happen today. That's a rare one in the uh, NHL, especially for the reason we're going to tell you about, and more post-game reaction to. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers win 3-2. It's Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Berglund high slot, drilled by Clefbaum. Petrangelo breaks away, ditches, tears straight, go down low. Beautiful move, but a save made by Talbot. Rebound for Petrangelo out in front, shoots, blocker save, Talbot. Cam Talbot doing his thing tonight. That's your save of the game for Armor Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. Talbot gets the win. He winds up with 25 saves. Good goaltending at the other end as well. Carter Hutton made 32 stops. Talbot, a little better. Oilers win it 3-2 in overtime. Brodziak and Tarasenko in the first period for St. Louis. Pitlick in the first period for the Oilers. He left the game with an injury in the second period. Maroon in the third. Nugent Hopkins in overtime. Dreisaitl, two assists for the Oilers. He just keeps rolling. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 9.33. Leon Dreisaitl, I mean, look, we, we know how it, what a catalyst he's been. The assist he picked up to get the puck back to Davidson, his shot then tipped by Maroon. I mean, we were watching that, Rob, and then we watched the replay. Leon was twice as far from the puck as a St. Louis guy, but you saw Drysaddle put his head down, and you just knew he was going to win the puck. Cleanly got it from the St. Louis player to set up the goal. There's so many subtle plays that Leon makes over the course of 60 minutes. Just little plays that how he uses his body to shield, how he gets the puck to the into the hands of the right player. They're not sexy the plays, a lot of them. They're but they're the smart play. They're the right play, and on that one there, he anticipates where the puck's going to go. He knows before he gets there where the puck needs to go afterwards. So there's no get to the puck, take a look, i got to find somebody, because it's all in his mind already. And because of that, the players around him, it's easy for them to play off him. And on that one right there, when Leon Dreisaitl was going to the puck, Patrick Maroon knew, okay, I know how Leon plays. He's going to find an open guy. That's the guy at the point. i got to get to the front of the net so I can get in front for a screen, a tip, a rebound, or whatever. Uh, he's a guy that if you are... A winger, you want to play with him because he gets you chances. He makes plays. He keeps the play alive. The play never ends with him. He, he makes you a better hockey player. And if you want to become a better hockey player, you want to find your way onto his line or Connor McDavid's line because you will find success. Mentioned Carter Hutton, who, I mean, look, we don't see Carter Hutton play a lot. He's been a backup. I know we have a listener, Mike, in Kentucky, who last season said, oh, Hutton's pretty good for Nashville. Didn't get up to play a lot there, obviously. Hasn't played. I think this is his 10th game of the season. I think, I think they said yeah, his 10th, 10th, yeah. 10th game of the season. And we were like, wow, he really gets out there and fires the puck down the ice. Sometimes to Milan Lucic. I mean, that was, that was uh, 38 seconds left. That's, if that's a right-hand shot, is that a goal? Most likely, yeah. It's a tough play for Lucic because he's got to turn his body. His his normal body on that way has the puck pulling to the left when you're one-timing it. And his left, sorry, excuse me, pulling to the right. And that's what he did. He pulled it to the right and, and put it right back into Hutton, who's making his way to the net. Uh, right-handed shot, he would pull to the left, and that's where the net was. But uh, sometimes you get a little overconfident if you're a playmaking goaltender. 
and he made some wonderful plays early, but he he wanted to do it every time, and sometimes simple is better. He just about cost the, the St. Louis Blues a point as he put the puck right on Lucic's stick. And Lucic had the entire empty net. He had, and good play by Lucic. He, he got the puck quickly off his stick, unfortunately. He just uh, pulled a little bit and was unfortunate not to get the puck into an empty net. So the Oilers win 3-2 on the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard. Also, Calgary and Arizona are tied 2-2 with nine minutes left. We just saw the last goal allowed by Brian Elliott of the Flames. Ugly. Very, very ugly. There's a reason he is not playing most of the games right now and he's in against one of the worst teams in the league it should be 2-1 Calgary right now the Predators beat the Flyers 2-1 in a shootout Ducks over the Maple Leafs 3-2 the Red Wings and Carolina Hurricanes has been postponed because of unplayable ice a Freon leak in the cooling system at PNC Arena was discovered early Monday the issue was fixed but not in time to start the game. NHL rules say a game can't start less than 22 hours before a team's next scheduled games. Uh, next scheduled game, the Red Wings play again tomorrow. No make-up date has been announced. That's a weird one. It is a weird one, and I, I understand there's a rule. You don't want a team to have a disadvantage the next night because of uh, a malfunction. Having said that, I can tell you that that Detroit Red Wing team would have preferred, if they had to wait an, another hour, they would have preferred to play today get the game out of the way, then try and condense another road trip somewhere into their season. They just It's just going to be too hard for them that way. They're already there. They're dressed. You know what? Let's just get this game going. If it takes an hour, hour and a half later, we'll worry about the rest getting into our to wherever we're playing the next night. But that's bad luck for the Detroit Red Wings. Oilers win 3-2 in overtime. Nugent Hopkins gets the winner. Good game for Patrick Maroon. He tied it in the third. Back to St. Louis. Here's Maroon. Yeah, it was good, you know, especially playing in front of a team I grew up watching. We had season tickets, and, you know, you always get up for these games no matter what. You know, it's fun to play your hometown team that you grew up watching, and to get a goal is an extra, extra bonus for me, and especially in front of my son and my, and my family. His son, Anthony, watching the game. And if you have time later tonight, or I know some people have texted in. They've already seen it. Obviously, Rob and I aren't watching Gene's postgame live because we're jumping on air ourselves. But uh, Patrick Maroon uh, tearing up at the end of his interview with Gene Principe, scoring with uh, his boy Anthony watching. Well, it's cute. I mean, he, he gets to watch, and he obviously probably didn't see anything until he got to see it afterwards when he's being interviewed. But it shows his son jumping up and down how excited his son was to see him score. And I'm almost tearing up when I'm watching it too. Uh, family's number one no matter what you do in life and uh, when you don't get to see your, your your family as much as you like because of your travel because of your situation and to be able to have that moment where your kid is up there cheering you on uh, good on Patrick you want him to score in his hometown after seeing his little boy jumping up and down you're like oh God, I want him to score in his hometown every time now because that was such a cool cool emotional piece by Patrick Maroon after the game. 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. This texter says, hey, hey, boys, why not throw Nuge on the wing for a while? Might take some pressure off and spark some offense. Nothing wrong with converting from center to wing. Then put Kajula on the fourth line. Bump Latestu up to the third. You know, I, I, here's the thing, Rob. I, I mean, this is a deeper Oilers roster than we've seen in the past. I still wouldn't call it incredibly deep. And Drake Kajula, to me, is an interesting guy. He, there, there's clearly something there. He mm -hmm. can clearly play in the NHL. But he's still at that point in his career where he has quieter nights. He played 8:28 tonight. And I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's what they want to do 
for a significant number of games is have Latestu third line and Kajula fourth line? Well, here's here's the situation. I mean, I like having Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl together, or Dreisaitl playing with McDavid and having Nugent Hopkins as your second line guy, because I, I, do, I don't think they have enough depth on the wings to create that much offensively. I think you're you're diluting your scoring when you have them playing as three center. What about you You make Latest do at your third line, which he has been for a while now. They, I mean, he's starting as the fourth line, but he's become the third line as the game goes on in his minutes. Show it. Bring up uh, Jajar Kara. Make him your fourth line center. That is more of a fourth line type of player than having a Kajula playing center on your fourth line because now you can't, you're not going to trust him taking face-offs. So now you've just taken all the face-offs in your own zone. You're not putting your fourth line out. In the offensive zone, you don't really want to throw your fourth line out as an offensive zone face-off because you got two really good offensive lines. You want taking most of them. So now you're, you're really trying to find where you can put a Kajula fourth line on the ice. So it, it's a dilemma that the coaching staff is going to have. I, I don't know what's going on in the farm. We obviously we get snippets of what's going on, but we don't see it ourselves. But I, I think as a fourth line, you want to have a line that's going to go out there, be physical, be uh, emotional, be aggressive. And Kajula sitting there playing as a fourth line type of guy, as a centerman, I'm not sure that's what they want. Christopher Stieg has just scored for Calgary. Flames lead the Coyotes 3-2, 7-15 to go. And in that game, too, it was weird. And, and it's interesting when you have the, the concussion protocol. Johnny Goudreau got absolutely sideswiped in the game. He went down holding his face, holding his head. I've yet to see him get pulled out of the game. And it was a hit to the head. And it was on, I think it was on the second Calgary goal. So, I don't know, do they have different guys in different ranks making those calls? Or is it the same guy that makes it for all the well, league? Well, there's a, there's a spotter or spotter spotters in the head office, and then, yes, a guy in each rink, too. Yeah, so it, it's interesting how, how it plays out as the season goes on. I think that's going to be a storyline at some point. Oilers take it 3-2 over the Blues in overtime. More of your thoughts, more from Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Prandish Team Broadcast Center. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Connor McDavid gets his 40 point, uh, 40th point of the season tonight, leads the NHL in scoring. Tarasenko second. He had a goal tonight. He's still two back of McDavid. Oilers win 3-2 in overtime over the Blues. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for joining us tonight. It is 9.45. The special team story tonight is not a long one. Both teams 0-for-1 on the power play. The Oilers had a first period advantage. And, Rob, we should recognize this as a, as a potential key point in the game because the Oilers tied it up. And then just over a minute later, McDavid took a tripping penalty in the third period, and the Blues really didn't have anything going on the power. No, the Oilers did a good job. They, they forced the, the, the Blues to, to fumble the puck through the neutral zone. When the Blues did get the puck in, they jumped on them very quickly, and the Blues never got set up. So the power play and penalty killing percentages are important, obviously, but it's more important when you score a power play goal and when you kill off a penalty. If St. Louis scores on that power play in the third period, you know, the Oilers deflate. But they, their penalty killers stepped up and didn't give a, a very, very potent St. Louis Blues power play. Didn't give them a sniff. So uh, another very good game by the penalty killers of the Edmonton O's who have been fantastic all year long, especially, you know, on the road. 
Eric Griba back. He hadn't played in over a month. Plus one tonight. Plays 16 and a half minutes. Gets credit for five hits. He, he was he was Eric Griba. That's what you get out of him. He, he's not going to do anything special. But when you don't notice him, and you didn't really notice him much tonight, it means he's doing his job. So the the third pairing of Davidson and Griba, who it's a tough third pairing considering, you know, Davidson's out for, for most of the season. He comes back. This is only his second or third game back in. This is Griba's first after missing over a month. And to come out and play against a very good St. Louis team and be on the plus side of that, that's good for a third pairing. Brandon Davidson, an assist tonight, so he's on the score sheet for the first time this season. Benoit Pouliot's been a healthy scratch, uh, what, five games this year. Uh, limited ice time for him, 11-24. He was minus two. I mean, certainly he was involved in the sequence of turnovers that led to the first Blues goal. I, I mean, I don't think he can pin the, the second goal on, on anybody in particular. But Pouliot, I mean, has been a second-line player most of his Oilers' career. And he's certainly, uh, you know, I don't think perceived that way anymore. Well, he's not. He, he's on the left side. He, he's Lucic and Maroon just offer more than Pouliot can give. Um, they want, they have very skilled centermen, and they want somebody that's going to drive hard to the net, that's going to work the corners well for them, that that plays a little nasty and adds a little protection. And both Maroon and Lucic do that for McDavid and Drysaddle. Pouliot has has not looked like the player that we saw in spurts over the last couple of years and the Oilers right now are deep enough in their top six especially that if you want to play there you better play pretty darn good and Pouliot hasn't done that and fortunately probably for him uh, an injury to to Pitlick is going to make it difficult for the Oilers really to pull anyone out of the lineup because they're going to just be inserting a player. I don't think anyone else will be being pulled out. Got a text message here. Can you explain why the Oilers don't give Puglia Yarvi more chances to play? Lately he's looked good. Lots of jumped. Once he scores a couple, he could start rolling. Um, he, he's still learning. Um, I think he should be playing, but it's probably down in the minors. I think that he needs to get some ice time. Having said that, now with Pitlick being out, I believe Pugliarvi will go in. And if Nugent Hopkins plays center, then Pugliarvi, I believe, will go up and play on a line with McDavid and get his shot. Uh, I don't think Pugliarvi, the importance for him is this year is as much as it is 5, 7, 10, 12, 15 years from now. There's a lot of very, very good hockey players in the National Hockey League. And I can name a, a, a Stamkos, a Thornton, a Tyler Sagan who in their first year did not play a lot. And when they did play, they didn't get a lot of ice time, and they turned out all right. I'm going to go with the coaching staff and think that they have a better feel of what Pugliarvi needs than what I do. But I would like to see him playing, if it's not here, in the minors to get at least some competition in and not get rusty in the press box. It is 9.49. The Oilers take it over the Blues 3-2 in overtime. Edmonton 17-12-5 on the year. They're one of the best road teams in the NHL at 9-5-4. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. And off the draw, you've got Gariba swinging it up the right-hand side for Patrick Maroon. Feathers a pass to the middle of the ice. Nugent Hopkins in over the line. A little give-and-go with Brandon Davidson. Now Nugent Hopkins trapped in the right corner. Tarasenko could not get it out. Dry subtle shot. Score! And Edmonton's tied the game. Patrick Maroon with a deflection of Brandon Davidson. Shot from the point. It's 2-all.
That tied it 547 into the third. Nugent Hopkins wins it 255 into overtime. Oilers 3, Blues 2. Kent from Ottawa. Kent, we're a little bit up against the clock, so I'll give you about a minute here, buddy. Okay, I just wanted to ask uh, about the Oilers' D and how you guys think they've been doing. Uh, um, I really like Griba's progress, I guess you could call it, this year. Like, for a big guy, how he handles the puck and and how he skates is really impressive, and it seems like he's not doing stupid things. Um, and also, how did we miss out on Colton Pareko? Boy from St. Albert, I know Rob's a, a boy from St. Albert, so just some thoughts on that. Uh, you're right about Pareko. I, I, I don't know how you miss out on a six foot six defenseman that can skate like that, move the puck, got a big shot. It's uh, obviously the entire league missed out on him for four rounds. But in the Oilers' background, yeah, that's probably somebody that the Oilers should have found. Is for the defenseman, the Oilers finally have a top four that can compete in the National Hockey League. And now on your bottom pairing, you have a guy like Davidson, who for the majority of last year was their best defenseman. The Oilers' defense, much better this year, and that, sh- that shows in their record. Pareko, 86th overall in 2012, played for Fort McMurray in the AJ three seasons at Alaska Fairbanks. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> we were joking that that play Eberly had the puck in tight. Pareko just lay down in front of him, and that's like eleven feet. Yeah, eleven. <laughs> like, it's gonna be tough to get around him. Uh, and I, I, I've met him a, a few times. I've done some charity events with him. He's also a great young man. The Oilers uh, win three two over the St. Louis Blues. This has been Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. You know there are a lot of people who make this station go, and one guy who's been doing it with very dedicated and enthusiastic service for the last nine years is our studio producer this evening, Matthew Panashik, and this is his last shift here at 6.30 Chet. Matthew, it's been fun working with you. You've always worked hard. I know you love sports, and you've enjoyed being part of the Oilers and Eskimos broadcast. Just want to wish you uh, all the best, man. Thank you so much, Reed. It's been a pleasure working with you and Rob, especially Rob for, I think, more longer than uh, you, Reed. Uh, Rob's been on the show for eight years now, so it's been a heck of a ride here at 630 Chen. I've valued every day here uh, talking sports with you guys. is well, I love doing that, and I hope you'll accept my calls once in a while on the show if I, uh, if I, if when I'm gone. <laughs> well, I, I, I think in the next 37 days you'll be calling us from Hawaii, so yes. we're not accepting those. We don't accept any calls from Hawaii when it's minus 10 or worse here. Okay, I won't, Rob. And thanks, thanks, Rob, for everything over the years. You've been great. So, and Reed, I mean, I can't explain to you how much inside sports and how much working with you meant to me over the years we've done it. So thank you so much. Hey, man, have a great holiday. And, yeah, well, of course, we're going to be in touch when you're back in town. That's Matthew Panashik. has been great to work with him for sure. More on the Oilers, and Matt puts uh, stuff up there on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. Our next broadcast is going to be Wednesday. It's not on the whiteboard. I'm lost. Thankfully, I wrote it down earlier. Uh, against the Arizona Coyotes, 6 o'clock for the face-off show, 7.30 for the drop of the puck as the Oilers will try to win their third in a row. Rob, we'll see you then. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a, a good night finally in Arizona. Thanks again to Matthew Panaschuk. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perandish Team Broadcast Center in OT, Oilers 3, Blues 2. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.